Welcome to today's podcast. My guest today is Bo. He likes to remind me that his name means beautiful friend. We had a fun little conversation, nothing real serious, and some serious stuff. But anyway, check us out on our socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Sure Podcast, and we're on Twitter at Sure Podcasting. Also, the music in the background is my band's latest single that comes out August 17th. Be sure to check us out on our socials at World Is Watching Official on Instagram and Facebook and all the streaming services. Hope you enjoy it. We have enough people in the world, don't you think? I mean, the population is pretty big. It is. Uh... It, it's it, it's mind boggling if you think about it, right? So my question is, do we still need women? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, I just wanted to get a laugh. What are we doing? Are we are we doing test tubes now? I mean, are we just growing them in the lab? No, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a new GMO. You know, it's, it's just, a bigger it's a bigger premise. I'm going with it's totally a joke. Uh, I just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted to say something off the wall. <laughs> That was just icebreaker. <laughs> well, I mean, that's my icebreaker. We do. We still need women. Yeah. Well, obviously, obviously, I mean, and, right? I mean, you just could, for a biological need. Yeah, but also you could say you could also say, okay, well, we have enough people. Sure. Why don't we get rid of all the men? You know, I mean, that could be an argument. Sure. Why not? You. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a whole comic book series centered around that very idea. What Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was too busy looking at Linda Carter. Well, of course so. I mean, yeah. I think we all were. Yeah. I mean, both of us were, I mean, obviously for different, different reasons. <laughs> I mean, she's a queen. I mean, she's. No, I just, I knew, I was like, wow. Yeah, that was when I knew that I liked girls. I didn't know why I liked girls, but yeah. Yeah, guys from my generation, that was probably. Oh, no, that was definitely it. I mean, definitely probably one of the. Hottest woman of the seventies. She's still hot. I mean, yeah, she's she, still does, she does she does contact commercials or something. I don't know. Yeah, but um, still gorgeous. Uh, she still has that beautiful air of of strong female presence. Yeah, and I don't think they could have chosen anybody else to actually play Wonder Woman and to get get that point across. I mean, Ferret Fawcett was hot. She's still hot. There was something different about Linda Carter, for sure. Hey, I was going to ask you, have you ever, you know, when you were a barista, did you ever, if you had a rude customer, did you ever give them decaf instead of caffeinated on purpose? No, I'd never do that. Really? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm too sassy. I, I gave it back to them as sarcasm. So they just so, knew, yeah. They knew you didn't have to do that. Right. I was just wondering about that. No, I never, I never poisoned anyone. Um, you know, spit in their drink or anything like that. Never as a waiter either. Well, I wouldn't think you would do that, but I could see you going, "Okay, you're getting decaf." No, 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 no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Um, do I know some people in the industry that do that? Oh yeah, they. Is do that it. a common thing to do? Oh, it's definitely a common thing to do. Yeah. Uh, now you have to be careful. Usually, though, let me let me back that up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, independent coffee shops, usually those who are going to be rude are, you know, the Karens. Yeah, they can't tell the difference between if it's caffeinated or decaf. Right. Whereas a sophisticated palate would. So you would have to really kind of make sure you're not. Can you tell with these? These uh, frou-frou coffees. So if you're getting straight no, coffee. Now, if you're getting straight coffee, you can. Uh, your lattes, you can taste a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing like, you know, I don't know, uh, diabetic special number one <clears throat> with extra diabetes on yeah. the side, you won't be able to taste a difference. I had to work around your schedule because you finally kind of, kind of sort of came out of quarantine, but You've been working for a, is this a school production that you're working with? No, it's a uh, teen theater. So, so how did you get roped into that? So last year, um, what I was doing, cause you know, I'm still working on my novel. And so in the afternoons in the summer, I would go to gallery row and sit in one of the, on the tables or uh, 
take up space and, and write mm-hmm. and edit and go through some stuff. And one afternoon I was there and the director's husband, who I also know, uh, was like, oh yeah, we're down at the theater. We're doing Grease. Come down and hang out for a rehearsal. I was like, that sounds like fun. I'll do that. So I packed up my stuff and went down there. And I was like, oh, holy shit. These kids are talented. Like they, they were actually performing and it wasn't just a community theater experience. Just the, on the lower end of the community, sure. right? And so they started bringing in props and stuff. And uh, I would just lean in and go, that's not correct. That, uh, you know, that they would have moved like this. And so the uh, director was like, okay, fine. Just tell us how these people would move, you know, in the early 60s. Then I found a new term for this. And I didn't know this existed. Uh, it's called um, dramaturg. Dra- wait, 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 wait. How do you spell that? Exactly the way it's it's Drama. Turg. Turg, not turd. Turd, not turd. Dramaturg. And uh, this is comes from uh, the French and it and basically it is the house historian yeah in a theater that looks up the background of the play or the piece whatever it is and then instructs movement props uh, to give it a sense of background and a sense of realism so back in late fall, the director was like, hey, I think this is this is what we're going to do. Don't tell the kids. We haven't announced it yet, but we're going to do Tarzan. I was like, oh, that's that's fantastic. And she's like, you'll be my props master, but you're also going to be the dramaturg. So get get prepared. That's how I ended up doing this for this summer. Now, so, is, this a, is this a labor of love or is this a, a pay thing? Oh, I'm making so much money off of this. It's, it's not even funny because, uh, you know, it's community theater. And they yeah, have all sure. All sorts of cash. Um, yes, I get a paycheck mm-hmm. after the production runs. Yeah. Uh, but up to, but through the production, it's definitely a just labor. love. Yeah, it's definitely. And you love. probably put as much money into it with with time and so it's pretty much a wash right oh uh, it's it's more than a wash i mean i'm coming out maybe maybe ahead a little bit but not not the full full paycheck so have you thought about doing that professionally well um if education crashes uh yeah but you just i mean (laughs) mean, because for those who don't know you're a teacher but if i mean do you love teaching that much that you would rather teach than be a dramaturg? Uh, if if I could do, if I could be a dramaturg, uh, make the same amount of money throughout the year. Yeah. Throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And have benefits. I know that sounds crazy, but being 46, these are things you have to think about. <laughs> um, I would do it. That's neat. I never thought, I never, I, I didn't realize that that was a thing. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, I know there's going to be historians on movie productions and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just didn't, I didn't. And, and they have the same, I mean, it's the same, it's the same exact thing. Yeah. Right. You, you're, you've got the researcher there. So the fancy name for it is dramaturg. Yeah. Is it going to be a good production? Oh, definitely. So, yeah. um, talented, talented teenagers that are putting this on. So when does it, when does it uh, run? Sure. Uh, August 6th through the 9th, I believe. So, but with, with that said, limited seating. Yeah. Very, very limited seating. Yeah. It's like it's only going to be close to 80 people that will be able to yeah. see it per show. Oh yeah. Cause I forgot about the, okay. Yeah. A little um, nervous about that. Just for me, not saying anything yeah. else, but you, have you been to Disney before? Oh yeah. Are you okay. kidding me? Well, you know, you can love Disney and not been, have been <laughs> I have a to picture Disney. right over there from 1978 with my brother standing in front of the castle. Oh really? Oh yeah. We've gone several different places. Yeah. It's over there. So the reason I ask is because we went to Disney right before the Rona hit. Mm-hmm. Like we went the second week in February. It's like we were oh. kind of hearing about Corona, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, right, right, right. wasn't, you know, 
big it wasn't a big thing yet that we knew of so we went i'd never been to disney i've been to universal and sure, all yeah. the other ones but oh, anyway yeah. so we went on this uh it's not a ride but it is and i loved it and i was like i want to go back and jonas loved it too so we went to that thing at least six times which one <laughs> It's so corny. I'm ashamed to no, even admit no, it. No, it, no, it's Disney. It's fun it's to be corny. Carousel of Progress. Oh my god, that's one of my favorites. I loved it. I love it. I love it. He loved it too, and he was just like, "I was like, really?" This five year old. I mean, he loved it though. Well, my, you know what? My, of course, the it's it's the modern one that yeah. I love so much because it's still so 80s and it's so beautifully done. Still. At the end, yeah. Well, it looks, it looks like they tried to update it for the 90s. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's true. That's but they true. still had '80s stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. They just maybe changed the clothes a little bit, or yeah. so there was some '80s. There was a mixture of '80s and '90s in that last scene. Yeah, yeah. And some of the and some of the jokes that were still in there, I was kind of like, oh, that's a little uh, steamy because he he makes a reference to going to the fair or something, I believe, and looking at a not a nude not a nude girl. Oh, but, one of the uh, yeah. Uh, you stick, you stick your quarter in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a nickel. Yeah, and she was, yeah. And you put your head in it. And yeah, they like, had lingerie. And somebody was like, she's pulling up her dress. And you yeah, see her she bloomers had, or something. She probably had more lingerie than we wear clothes today. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Right. But yeah. yeah, it was something anyway. Um, but yeah, we I mean, we loved it. We went on we went on that thing five, six times, I bet. You know, my favorite ride, and I don't know why, I don't know if it has something to do with family or or whatnot is Peter Pan for some reason. I love that one. Do we get to ride Peter Pan? Oh, if you don't go back, gotta go back to ride it. I'm trying to. What, so, what is Peter Pan? What happens on Peter Pan? <laughs> Literally follow, follows the story. Well, I mean Disney's version of it, right? But uh, basically, not, not the Bible's version of Peter Pan, right? Okay, absolutely. thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. All right. So, um, <laughs> you get on a, you just get in this. Thing. I can't remember what it looks like. And for me, it looks like a leaf. But anyway, you get in it and you, uh, you go through the bedroom and then you go out the window and then you fly over England and England falls away. We did ride it. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. I don't know why. I think it's because of the visuals and the, and the model making because, you know, they do the whole, I mean, they do almost the whole entire city of London and you fly over this. And you're, you're not going anywhere. It's, it's sinking. It, it's going, Dang. it's, it's, it's changing, not you. you, but it's not changing. It's just the model. And this is the way that they, the, the ride that I love, which is not at magic kingdom, but I believe it said, um, I think it's a universal. It could be anyway, this ride, when I tell you. I, the first time I went there, I wrote it and I wrote it again and again. And there was, it was almost like if it's the closest thing to what it feels like being inside of the womb, this was the ride because I just felt like there were no more, there were no troubles. I felt so protected and just such a warm feeling. It's <laughs> ET. The oh, ride. no. Yeah, absolutely. That ride is just, I mean, it's like, it really takes you. I mean, for me, it really but, takes but, you back. But hold up. Did you analyze your emotions and where you believe they came from? For E.T.? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I just love, because, I mean, definitely, it was definitely, a, um, it was just a cool movie when it came out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an incredible Yeah, movie. but I know I, I didn't, I don't think that I analyzed my emotions. Why? Where are you going with that? Well, because I, I, here's an interesting thing because we're both the same age. That movie came out in 81, late 81, mm. somewhere around there. Hold on. I think it was 81. I'm going to go 83. Let's see who's right. It might be 80, 80. Maybe it was 82. 82. Okay. Yeah. So 81, 82. So yeah. it was 82. Uh, it's 82, we're like eight, nine years old. Yeah. Right? So we identify with Elliot, completely identify with, with uh, Elliot. Maybe we felt like we had no voice. Maybe we, that we're alone and, and those things. And um, 
And then of course, you know, he finds his best friend. So for, but to add an extra layer for me, that was the last movie we saw with my grandmother before she passed away. Oh, okay. So there's a, there's, I definitely have, um, and we saw it at Beechwood and it was 93 because she died in 84. And I know where Beechwood was. <clears throat> yeah. Beechwood, uh, for all those listening at home, that's in Athens. Yeah. What else was in that shopping center? For all those who don't care, but I just want to know. I'm trying to... Beachwood Theater. That was the only thing there. No, I know what the only thing there. Oh, Turtles was up the street. Yep. Down the hill. And kind of in that valley. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where was the Woolworth in Athens? I thought Woolworths was down, uh, downtown. They had a well. They had a Woolworths. Was it Woolworths? Or was it something else? It definitely was not a Kmart or Walmart or any of that. It wasn't Richway because Richway. That was out on Timothy. Was Timothy Richway was where I guess probably Target is now maybe or it was across from the well, mall. <clears throat> so it's uh, now an Academy Sports. Okay. Because so, my apartment, those last few years was behind. Where yeah, Richway was. Yeah, where Richway was. And then it did turn into a Target, and Target moved. And so it's further up Atlanta Highway. Because I feel like the Target bought a bunch of Richways back in the day. Absolutely, yeah. So that's that's why it became a Richway. I loved Richway. <sighs> Richway was a good... Richway was so much fun. Oh, talk about Richway. Um, there was a cashier there. She DJ'd all of our high school dances. She was amazing. Well, when I was in elementary school, well, when I was in middle school, we could go to the high school dances. Okay. So she was our DJ. Did you go to school in Athens or Jefferson? You were no, in Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Gotcha. She was amazing. And she worked there. <laughs> so every time we went, I would make sure I find her out. She's like, oh, Bo, hey, what's up? You know. Athens. And Athens is another place that, because we went, my grandmother lived there. Um, so we always visited there and it was obviously coming from where there was nothing and going to Athens, right. which was a, you know, a pretty much a big city. It had all these things. It was in the showbiz pizza was in front of the rich way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, this was my favorite place to eat pizza. Yeah. Great and place. I would drag everybody there that I could possibly, possibly get. So I was, let me ask you a question since you're the, the history buff and you actually have a degree for it yes. with conspiracy theories. Yes. Has there ever been a time in history where history where conspiracy theories were later found out to be true? That'll be part two. I did a little research. Did a little research. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. I mean, other than something maybe like I don't know. Um, you threw me for a loop. Sorry. Yeah, it's I just, fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just, it's, con- yeah. it's called conversation. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious. I if- mean. Well, now, I mean, it's not there. This has happened more. I think it's, it's where it's not a conspiracy. It's well, it could be, I suppose. I, I, where one inventor or a inventor is credited for developing something. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm sure that happens all the time though. Right. right? And, and so like Graham Bell, they really weren't the first ones to develop a telephone, uh, they were just the first to get the patent in. And that's usually how it happens. Now, with with moving pictures and then telecasting those, that was that was those guys were done dirty. I mean big time done dirty. The moving pictures? Yeah, like uh T V. Okay, so gotcha. Well I was thinking more along the lines of like, okay, now you have people who are flat earth, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So there was there a time where people had this because everybody's like, "Oh, you're crazy," and then a hundred years later, they go, "Oh yeah, guess what? I, the Earth is flat." Well, I mean, if we go back and look at probably maybe the guys from uh, through scientific revolution or scientific revolutions, <clears throat> those late 1600s to. Through the 1700s, even through the 1800s, I mean, guys were like, uh, yeah, there's this force, keeps everything grounded. It's called gravity. Um, I'm sure that outside of Newton's circles, after he died, that paper was finally published. Um, 
they try to debunk it or, you know, go, oh, you're crazy. Well, turns out that he was, he was actually kind of right through physics. Um, discovering the cell. Look, you can see this. Uh, most of those things were going to, were covered. We're going to yeah. be covered up, right? Uh, they, I mean, good ridiculous, but I mean, good I mean, ridiculous ones like, Oh no, I don't know. I mean like flat earth. I mean, hello. Uh, yeah, yeah like that, that that's, we know that. Well, I guess they believe that the world was flat, right? At some point. Right. Uh, well, the church yeah. wanted to make sure that we and were so the center had, of the universe. Sure. And so it had to be disproved. Right. Uh, absolutely. Correct. And Gale, uh, Galileo did that yeah. several so, times. Actually. So there was a conspiracy theory where they were like, well, that wasn't even a theory. Cause that was, they believe that is fact. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, um, it was the, uh, uh, geocentric but, idea, a theory of, of, of the earth. Maybe. But I'm sure there are people out there like going, no, the earth is round. And they're like, you crazy conspiracy theorist. Copernicus proved it. Um, he did it several times, proving yeah. moving objects, uh, and that we were s- spherical, like most all of the other objects that are solid, and even even gas planets. So yeah, that definitely we could we you could say that because you want to cover that up because if you were if you were in charge and you've been in charge since the fall of Rome and you got people through the Middle Ages. Uh, Medieval times, um, dark, the dark ages, uh, you want to keep that power. Yeah. And that's, that's one way to do it. Right. Is to be, Oh, well the earth is flat. These people are crazy. If you don't believe us, we'll make sure that you believe us. So yeah, that, that's definitely possible. Is it possible in our day? Absolutely. All right. So we need, we need to do some research. And let's do part two. Yeah, on, we'll do on, two on, part two. On yeah. The conspiracy theories. Yeah, just because, you know, I mean, I love conspiracy theories. They're fun. They can be dangerous. I mean, you know, because some people, because for people who are mentally ill, uh, you know, they can be dangerous. But I'm saying it's fun to kind of, like, uh, let's see, uh, one of my favorite ones is that birds aren't real. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so brilliant, isn't it? That's why I love this one. Yeah. Uh, I almost bought one of their shirts, but then realized that they're using the money. Yeah, obviously. You know, right, yeah. to, to fund their yeah. propaganda. And because uh, I wanted one so bad, yeah. you know, because I think it said they hide among us and it's a bird in a line of people. Like the Abbey Road cover it's just like but anyway um that's my favorite that's why we're that's why we were supposed to be in quarantine for at least two months so they could change all the batteries oh yeah said all of them (laughs) which i'm i mean come on if you're gonna make birds to be drones yeah they would definitely use solar power well not only that yeah because we wouldn't have had birds before because we didn't have the technology so if birds were you know we didn't have the technology to, for birds to be drones and but birds that, have been uh, around uh, since 1700 uh, what? no 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 no. i don't know now, that part of the conspiracy now, oh, come on now the greeks had been making birds for forever they knew how to make birds and they could actually chirp and they could actually uh fly of course, I guess if you're a conspiracy theorist like that, you could believe that we've had the technology way before we knew we had the technology we have today. Before we knew the the, the layperson or the right, you know, that they had. I mean, they could say, "Look at the the pyramids." But I mean, it's kind of like with like okay, like uh, vaccinations. Like I'm not. I mean, I'm going to get my kids vaccinated. You know, I'm going. I'm, well, it's good for you. you. Got, no, you got I me. Mean, I'm saying no, but, that's a, that's a good choice. Okay, but. So is are some of the things harmful? Do I like it? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I have to err on the the side of caution and 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 what's the right thing to do with that? You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, I'm not going to take a chance on. But could it? But I'm not going. I'm not going to tell you to or not. But um, sorry, oh, we don't have to. I'm not. Your kids, your kids won't be in my classroom. No, yeah, exactly. So there's that well yeah i'm gonna do it we're gonna do it i mean we no, do I, it. I figured you are i mean y'all are y'all are smart yeah smart people anyway so and you you under, you have a a better a better understanding of what, what i could I, I have a better i understand why some people feel that way oh i absolutely do too and that's because of pseudoscience and um so here's a good conspiracy theory that uh, vaccinations cause autism. That's the biggest 
that's the biggest thing. I, I don't think. know much about that. I know that uh, Jenny uh, Jenny McCarthy was huge uh, on that. <laughs> go back to MTV. Um, don't. Uh, so basically, a scientist, if you want to call him that, he was debunked. Um, had done trials and whatnot and so on, and was like, "Oh, these vaccinations because of what's in them." Yeah, which he never stated what was in them. Yeah, causes a neurological dysfunction that brings on autism. Well, that's not true. Um, are some of these? Can some of these vaccinations uh, uh, cause things to happen? To children, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, that that is true. But children who uh, children with autism do not show signs of autism until you start giving vaccinations. That whatever two ish at that later part where you're t- getting the rest of them done. So about two or three years old, that's when. That's when autism really shows up big time. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, what little I know, um, Jordan knows a lot more about that. So I don't know a whole lot about that. And I don't even know the – I just remember there was a whole thing with Jenny McCarthy. Oh, yeah, she was out there, dude. Out there. But then oh, I God. think it has to – was, and there were a lot of people who were behind that, believing that. So there must have been some kind of – studies or something that yeah that it was ma- that, it was coming from this one scientist and then yeah. it was finally debunked and he lost his he lost his license to practice and uh but they're still out there every is she still every three months it comes up i she believe the, she's still still trying to push that agenda really yeah hmm i should look that up yeah um how old her son be now by the way there is, i think it's called vaccinated i think it's the name of it i think it's a it's a documentary, um, and it was concentrating on measles and, and rubella and the measles outbreaks in the United States. Fascinating. It was fascinating. Does, is there any group, and when I mean group, it could be religious, it could be race, it could be whatever, that feels like they've been portrayed historically correct, that their history has been portrayed historically correct? White people. You think that? I would think. Okay, hold on. I would say. I would say no. I think. I think you're wrong about that, and I'll tell okay. you why. No, just go. Go ahead. I think there'd be plenty of people who would be sons of the whatever. I don't know what. Uh, there'll be plenty of people who say they don't teach that in school. It's the opposite. You live in the. You live in a smaller town. Um, you have heard this before. I know you have. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. So, so the premise here is basically, uh, we're underrepresented in history. I'm not speaking about white people. Period. I'm talking about all groups. But yes, there are. There are. There will be white people who would say, "Well, they portray us to be this or that." Like we're talking about really hardcore rednecks. We're not talking about. Oh, you, you know mean what I'm those guys. Yeah, but I'm saying, as there are groups of people in every race. I mean, it seems like that they're not. And be, there will be Christians who would say they weren't, haven't been portrayed uh, um, correct historically. Okay. There would be uh, black, Asian, gay, straight. You know what I mean? Like all that. Is anyone 100% happy with how uh, their history is portrayed? Okay. That's a little bit. I see your framing there. Um <sighs> And this kind of probably not, and the reason, and 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 it's your point that you just made. So, uh, I'm sure that the neo Nazis of Germany probably feel like they're not being represented correctly, right? Uh, Definitely, uh, definitely agree with this. Um, African Americans are not portrayed correctly. I I strongly believe that. I've always believed that, actually. Fractions of the white white populations. I mean, across the world, not just in America. I feel like they probably feel that way. I mean, I just mentioned freaking the neo Nazis. Um, England English people probably have it. So I, I think there's there's always you will never be happy with your own history, and uh, I take it as a story. I mean, that's what it what it is. Here here are these things. 
if you want to know more. I think that goes to what, what, uh, when I called you the other night and I was like, Hey, what's a good book mm-hmm. or who's a good historian right. to read? <clears throat> because at the end of the day, it's someone it's history is not like a science or math. You know, it's really hard not to get your, not all history. Some things are facts, but then sure, there's some sure, sure, sure. where it's their opinion on. Right. You know, because if you look uh, 80 years from now, you're going to have some historians who are going to say, who would, I'm sure would say that Trump was the greatest president ever. And you're going to have some historians who are going to say he was the worst. Okay. Sure, absolutely. And of course, they're not going to have, the people who live 80 years from now, they're not going to have the the knowledge to, you know, they're not in the situation every day. So they're not going to have Bill to form an opinion. Well, based on, they're only able to form an opinion off of what they're being told, what they're being told like, or, or what they're researching. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sure that the archives will be a, uh, just based on this six, first six months of this year. It's just so tiring. There's to, so much out there. Um, that's being archived period. Yeah. It's just so tiring to study, it seems, and to try to real, you know, when you try to, when you, like now, <clears throat> excuse me, if you try to go back in history, you got to, okay, well, am I, as you get, as you get older and you see that things aren't always as I right. seem, right, or how they're portrayed, right, then you got to like, go through this and, and see what you think is right and what's not, which I realize you could say that, well, you could say that about current events, you could be like, well, you got... MSNBC, you got CNN, you got Fox, you got whatever, and you got to wade through the water and and try to figure out what what is what. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, what I love is when people find out that I have a history degree. They're like, "Oh, what kind of history?" I mean, you know, and I'll usually say European or Western or uh, world history along those lines. And they're and they'll start off the bat. Oh well. I don't know why people think this. I don't know. I'm not an archaeologist. <laughs> so can you tell me anything about Cleopatra? No. I, I can't can't tell you anything. Well, why? I'm like, that's not what I studied. Well, you said you studied world history. I'm like, yeah, I focused in on uh, German history with a focus on Holocaust. Oh. It's like, that. that's it. That's the conversation. Okay, so... That's a good segue because this is what I wanted to ask you next. So you and I were having this discussion, and you talked about the origins of TV. Origins of TV. Okay, so hit me. Educate me on the origins of TV. Oh, gosh. Do you have a minute? Sure. All right. So basically, there were two individuals that were battling it out. And uh, one was a 15-year-old from Iowa, I believe. And he, during, he went to a one school, a, a one, uh, one class, what schoolhouse, one, 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 one room schoolhouse. But he was a little bit more self-educated and he was a farm boy, farm boy from Illinois. He figured out mathematically that you could, you could send, teleport an image from a uh, from to a receiver, a full image, but he also figured out that you could send multiple images and have a have a moving picture across a screen that you could actually. Well, his his teacher, of course, laughed at him. Uh, said, "Oh, this would never work." So he goes on with his life he he refines his ideas does a little bit more research and so in 1920 something or other uh somewhere in Iowa he actually transmitted a signal to what we call a television what he didn't know was that RCA was looking for a new product they basically did some spy shit and went in and took pictures of all the stuff that he had been working on, went back to New York and they filed for a petition or, um, uh, what do you call it? Patent. Patent. On what is now known as television. 
Do you remember this guy's name? You I don't. can't remember his. I can't remember his okay. name. Um, what what is the irony in that? Like in nineteen you know sixty, uh, in nineteen sixty nine, he's watching the lunar landing. I mean, on a TV that he yeah. that he actually invented and died poor. Uh, now there was another gentleman in England. He's actually credited with really developing TV and he too in like 1920 uh, I'm going to be generous and say like 1926 27 somewhere in there he did the same thing um, but he was smart he actually figured out that he could record the image on onto vinyl so like a vinyl record okay and then he was able to take that and translate that back into an image isn't that crazy? Really? So he figured out not only how to transmit that image, it was 15 bit, by the way. I mean, like, I mean, it was only 15 frames per second. Like, I mean, it was so small. Or, yeah, it was so small. But he actually recorded it onto a vinyl disc and then reversed engineered so it would then translate those waves back into the image. I was like, that's pretty incredibly smart so let's go to 1933 nazis come in power yay nazis uh their fascination of course was with television or with technology and one of the things that they caught on caught on to pretty quick as a society was uh television even though it wasn't widely accepted or wildly in homes they took the technology and in 1936 debuted it basically uh, for the 36 Olympics. Now to blow your mind, not only were they broadcasting, they were broadcasting it live. Okay. I'm going to say that one more time. They were broadcasting it live. In 1936. In 1936. As the events were going on with a 30 second delay. Now we have a, we have a five second delay. If you're using satellite It's three second delay. If you're using terrestrial television, they had figured out that they could have a camera that was recording it. It ran back on top of vans. That's why the vans were always used. Like they would put things on top of the vans. But anyway, the, uh, unexposed or the exposed film went down, developed, went back up, and then transmitted out to uh, bars. Basically, there were, uh, there were lounges, and you could go pay a couple of whatever coins, and you could sit, watch the Olympics on several TVs. They had usually like six or nine on a wall. Now we're talking about. TVs. I mean, yeah. we're, we're not talking about some flat screen stuff for our younger audience out there who don't know that TV was tubes at one time. But anyway, um, and so you could sit there and watch the Olympics. Now they broadcast like, uh, so then it, it became popular um, and people wanted to buy these things. So the Germans put together a TV company and they started making TVs. There's several that are still in the archives in Munich. Uh, one of the original TVs is there. That's beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous Christmas work. But Nazis really took this idea of this new form. Um, and I'm sure that the thinking behind that is we can push out propaganda. And if and most of the propaganda that they were pushing was toward uh, women. Uh, women were more often at home. Women are were would probably turn it on. I mean, it started off, I mean, it started in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning and they're raising the flag and the Nazi youth is around it and they're doing their little, little salute and they're singing the, excuse me, singing the national anthem. And that's how the day started. Kind of the same way that our, our um, TV stations here used to start way Absolutely. back in the day. Absolutely. Because they were the model. And end. It would right. end with the. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we're talking 1936 to 45. They ran almost the whole entire time that the war was on. Whereas other industries were shutting down, everything else was, was being turned into more of a war machine, TV was there. So when did, when did, did we get TV here? So popular, well, 
that's that's the beauty. It was going to be after World War II, once we figured out literally what the Germans were doing and, and what some of the English were doing, too. The English started to, to try to, the BBC tried to pick it up. Yeah. And, and use it. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, wasn't cost effective. I mean, you, England definitely was in the throes of this war as well. So they didn't have the income Americans do after World War II. Uh, so we're talking like 1948 ish when it really was popularized. Uh, but yeah, it was in the late forties. So then regular broadcasting started to happen. So ABC, NBC, CBS, the three main people out of New York, they started to broadcast live TV. So, do you know much about the pro- do you know much about the propaganda though the the, the shows that they were showing? Oh um, yeah, it's great. So uh, they had a young woman's program that uh, encouraged you to uh, how to take care of babies. How to babysit your brothers and this sisters. This was in Germany, correct? This is Germany. Okay. Uh, how to cook. How to iron. Uh, very domestic. Uh, so it wasn't nationalism kind of propaganda. Oh, yeah. definitely. Oh, definitely. These were things that they wanted the women to do. These are Because they were gearing duties. it towards them. I see what you're saying. Right. And then yeah. in the evening, it was geared toward the male. And what type of pro like... Oh, Just look at this war. fancy new web weapon. Um, hey, look at this. Make sure you're that you're keeping your lady happy um, and you're making babies. Literally, it was that's pretty much it. A little bit of news, a little bit of entertainment. Um, Goebbels, uh, who was the Ministry of Propaganda, he used his children on the TV because they were model, blonde, blue-eyed children. Um, so everything was definitely centered around the mili- the militaristic part of Nazism had that very soft, uh, propaganda that's running underneath it. Um, it stayed away from race. Really? So you're not going to have somebody go on national German TV that obviously the Americans could watch. Right. See, I thought, or, it was pro- or your or your enemies could watch. Yeah. So it's going to be very domestic. It's going to be very, very palatable. See, I would have figured it'd been pretty blatant, blatant to us type of pro- propaganda. No, it's never propaganda. Never, never really is that way, though, is it? Uh, well, it is. I mean, like with uh, North Korea, you know, it's pretty. Oh, well, it's that, pretty, well, if we're in our own. Okay, so if you let. We'll come back to that thought. Okay. So racist propaganda versus mind control pop- propaganda, which I mean, racist okay, propaganda gotcha. definitely falls into that. Yeah. But I, I, in my mind, racist propaganda is its own. It, it's a, it's its own weird animal that that's out there. But we're talking about just mind controlling. Uh, propaganda. So the propaganda that 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 you're getting doesn't seem blatant. It's not blatantly in your face. Where you're training up girls to take care of the home as well, uh, making sure that boys understood you are supposed to be with a female, that you're supposed to have a home. You can achieve these things by being a regular, uh, being in the in the in the uh, uh, Nazi party. You will be given these things um, for your service. You are doing a service for your country. Uh, you're doing this to uh, to further uh, German values so all of those things that you're that they would watch is going to be geared toward that it's that's beautiful it's beautiful it's beautiful in a horrific kind of way and as you're describing all this i'm real i'm I'm thinking "Mm, that kind of sounds like television i grew up on well in in a lot of ways in a lot of ways it is right but there's the varieties 
Sure, but there's something more sinister about this. Yeah. Right? Because the message that you're receiving coming through your TV is not the message that's out in the street. They're, those are two different, they're two different messages. You can control what's going on TV. And I'm sure that they figured that out because if they, if they could broadcast it, anyone could see it. If they have a TV and an antenna, Europe's pretty small. So those TV waves are going into France. They're, they're going into Switzerland. They're going into Amsterdam. They're going into Austria. Well, yeah. So what would stop an American from setting up a little spy ring and turning on some Nazi TV in the afternoon and going, wait a minute, these are not the same messages. What's going on? Right. Same with print. Same with print. If you are controlling these, if you're controlling, controlling the media, uh, both written and, and visual that way, you can get away with murdering 13 million people. The media is more powerful than the president. I believe I feel like they run. I feel like they run things more. They're more powerful than a president, not the president, but a president because well, I haven't fully thought out my (laughs) position on that. But I have thought about it. A lot. I mean, I have thought about that a lot. How that they? Well, we don't have state-run TV, or, or we. Well, I mean, if you want to call NPR, that we know of. Yeah, that we know of. <laughs> Side note. Uh, well, the, but the media, the media, purposely uh, tries to uh, divide us a lot of times. No, definitely. You know. Yeah. And so, in that regard, it's it's more powerful than a president or an elected official. And it tells us how to think, you know, I'm really, right. Absolutely. And, but again, um, again, that's a, that's a, 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 a democratic idea that you're smart enough to handle it, that you're, that you would be smart enough to actually do your own research and not from like info world or wars or, you know, or memes or memes, yeah. memes, you know, yeah. um, I've been guilty of that every once in a while. Put up I'm a sure. Name. I mean, everyone, you know, I'm like, Oh, that, you know what? That was not clear thinking. Let's delete that. Shall we? There's been plenty of times I've read headlines and said, what? And never read the story. Oh yeah. Sure. And then I heard somebody else tell me something and I was like, well, I read the headline. That's not what I got from it. And right. then I was like, Okay, so I should start. This right. is years ago. I mean, and I figured it out pretty quickly. You got to, especially in where we are now with how the clickbait and everything. You know, sure. Absolutely. Years ago, I realized, okay, you got to read the story. The, the, um, so news for me, it comes from two places. And there's a reason. Uh, first, NPR. They're usually right. Usually a little left, but, fa- I, but they're yeah. usually in the middle. But I feel like they, I, I would think that they would be more left, but actually I found them to be like, here are the facts. Yeah, you absolutely. Fi- you figure it out. Right, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and those are the articles that I, that I pay more attention to. Mm-hmm. And then I get my weekly, uh, The Economist. Um, and it's so funny because I... I'm, MJ, I was like, "Hey, dude, I'm you know I read I, I get the Economist." He's like, "But it's pretty conservative." I'm like, "But he goes, but it's more of a numbers game." I said, "Yeah, but it does touch on all of our social issues, and it does really tell us what's going on around the world, um, especially from I get what are we down to now G seven or whatever. So the seven top regions uh, in the world." Uh, so, uh, those are the two places I go, Yeah. uh, because I feel very confident that I am getting, I'm getting, I'm getting facts. Does the economist lean, lean right? Oh yeah, it does. Definitely. But they have to, they have to be, they have to give a little bit more conservatism, but it's not in your face. Like, but they're more from an, an economic, but they're also very conservative, with the with the econ yeah so but at the same time 
you cannot discuss economic situations of a country without bringing in the social economic uh, happenings of that of that country. So right now, for the last three months, you're definitely getting your coronavirus update. Uh, the numbers are a little off. They're a little off everywhere. But um, that doesn't mean it's not existing. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't die from it. Um, but most of the articles or most of the issues have been centered around that. Like the last one was... Well, I got the, I've got the other one from this week, but the last one was about Jeff, um, whatever his name is, uh, that from yeah that that guy yeah. So um, he probably just canceled my prime probably. But anyway, um, they made him look like uh uh, uh Doctor Evil from Austin oh, from, Powers. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because he kind of looks like that guy anyway. A little yeah, a little bit yeah. Um, well yeah, it's funny because talking about propaganda, um, I. And I don't know if his podcast episode will air before your um, your episode or not. But um, I did an episode with a friend of mine who happens to be black, and that's important because we talk about race and sure. So and it's how we talk about it because it's white guy and a black guy talking about race. Um, but he brought up something he felt strongly, and I just had never thought about it. I mean, I could see once he broke it down for me. Uh, how it could be possible, but um, the King Kong was a propaganda movie for uh, trying to paint. I, to- I totally see it. Yeah, well, you know, you have a helpless white woman and this big gorilla. In a white dress. Yeah. Being taken out of her comfort zone. Yeah. And so that, in uh, anyway, so we talk about that, and it's interesting with the proper, you know, the the propaganda and the possible ways that not even realize. Oh no, we're, we were surrounded by it all. All day, of us, even so. even the most the most learned of us, and the most you know, the people who research. I mean, you're still guilty of it, so it's kind of scary. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, I think we're going to uh, leave it off there. We got some stuff to talk about next time. Excellent. Hopefully, we'll do it soon yeah we'll do that all right we'll see you guys later bye bye